1: Welcome to the Black and Gold Bannerette Podcast. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez, and Brian Murphy with you here on our final show in the month of July. Uh, Some boss moves happening up and down, and we're going to be talking about that in uh, a little bit. It's our second podcast of the week. Uh, If you haven't yet, make sure you listen to the episode before this, where Eric and I speak with the great Michelle Akers about her time at UCF and with the U.S. Women's National Team and... um, various other topics one of the best interviews ever um in the history of this podcast i have absolutely no problem saying that um but today we're going to talk about some developments today in the world of football college football in particular no stupid dad jokes this time around guys but um all right so here's the state of play with regard to the 2020 football season all right Basically. Everyone's kind of waiting to make the first move. The Big Ten, the Pac-12 kind of said, all right, conference only. The ACC today, while I'm, no joke, while I'm cooking dinner, (laughs) they drop some scheduling news. Uh, They announced that they are going to, and by the way, they did this for all football sports, but the big move was that they were going to, for football season, they're playing a 10 plus one Uh, a a 10 plus one schedule, 10 conference games plus one non-conference game yet to be um, determined. So an 11 game overall fall schedule. There are some catches. All right. First of all, they're going to treat Notre Dame as a conference opponent. Notre Dame is going to play 10 ACC games this year and they will be eligible for the ACC championship game. And, The ACC is going to collect the money that NBC (laughs) gives Notre Dame. Talk about a boss move and distribute it throughout the conference. They basically just bought Notre Dame. Uh, in addition to this, they're going to have two bye weeks. So it's going to be 13 weeks. The ACC championship will be played in Charlotte on either December 12th or 19th. They will treat the conference as one division. So it'll be between the two best teams. Um, and they will not start playing any games until uh, until September the twelfth. So it's a, so it's a sprint from September twelfth through possibly December twelfth or the nineteenth. Um, in addition to this, and we're going to get to the Olympic sports in a little bit. Here's where this comes. Now, obviously, folks, remember UCF is scheduled to play North Carolina and at in the season opener at home and at Georgia Tech in a normal year. We're not in a normal year now. The here's from the ACC. All non-conference game opponents selected by the respective school must be played in the home state of the ACC institution and all non-conference opponents must meet the medical protocol requirements as agreed upon by the ACC. Well, what does that do for UCF? Basically, it it certainly eliminates at least one game, but even bigger than that, and most most likely in, eliminates another in terms of the Georgia Tech game, but not entirely. Because the ACC did this, and then reports started coming out that the SEC, really it was it was trickling out earlier today, Wednesday, July 29th, that the SEC was going to do a 10-game in-conference-only schedule. So what the ACC did right here, in addition to the whole Notre Dame thing, Eric and Brian, is throw the ball right back at the SEC, who hasn't officially announced anything yet, by the way, and said, hey, if we end up having to cancel Clemson, South Carolina, Florida, Florida State, uh, what else? Um, Georgia, Georgia Tech. It's going to be your
2: fault. South Carolina, Clemson.
1: Yeah, South Carolina, Clemson, Georgia, Georgia Tech, Florida, Florida State. It ain't going to be on us. It's going to be on you what I mean, awesome
2: it, move it it was so rich it kind of caught me off guard cuz i had seen the report about the sec possibly going conference only this was after the acc made their move and so and, and so i w- i didn't know what was really going on when I, when I saw the florida state ad make a statement in which in, in, in his statement he says you know he um, is pleased with the plan the acc has adopted um, and basically says uh, it, it allows us to hold to accommodate our longstanding game against Florida, which is very positive. So basically that's Florida state yelling across the the bow at the sec and the Florida saying, Hey, mm-hmm. we're already expecting to play. You guys, we're already expecting it. Now the ball's in your court. You want to go conference only. Eh, it's up to you.
1: Yeah. Louisville, Kentucky is another one that could be in jeopardy. Um, Pat 40 of SI has a great column up where, uh, he mentions that the sec is not happy at all about that. Now the, the sec could, you know, eventually decide, but you know, for the first time in God knows how long, right. They're the ones who are not in the driver's seat in this. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, man, that would be, that would be something. Um, most of the leagues, according to forty, most of the leagues fourteen eighties were in favor of ten league games and nothing else. Um, the final, uh, it, it could be the final uh, genius maneuver. Again, this is forty speaking. Uh, was leaving that eleventh game open ended. It could be canceled easily with blood on the hands of the SEC, of course, or schools have the option of an eleventh game with another opponent on ground rules of the ACC's choosing among previously scheduled games. It could still work out if the SEC chooses. Not to play ball, Clemson Citadel, Louisville Western Kentucky, a bunch of F- a bunch of FCS games, and then of course Liberty or whatever. But um, here's our next question: it, Obviously, UCF North Carolina not going to happen because of the date of the game, um, and, you know, you lo- just,
2: and the location of the game,
1: and the, and the location of the game. Right. The Georgia Tech game uh, is. I would I would I would say hanging on by a very very thin thread mm-hmm. um but at least it's not a no just yet uh, but what what's the likelihood you would pin on that murph
2: this is the this is like the the Jim Carrey dumb and dumber so you're telling me there's a chance telling me there's a chance <laughs> that's it's exa- right. that's exactly what this is, I mean, if, if the SEC goes, and by the way, I've written about this for the site, so if you want to yes. read uh, about it, it's up there right now, about how this, what the ACC has done today, how that impacts UCF's schedule. But if the SEC decides maybe as soon as Thursday to go conference only, and then that would wipe out uh, a Georgia-Georgia Tech game, well, then there are only two options for, for Georgia Tech if they want to get in that one non-conference game. And it would either be both of these are home games, and actually back-to-back weeks for Georgia Tech. One would be against Gardner Webb, which is an FCS school, and one would be against UCF. And I mean, look, if you're our a UCF old A-Sun
1: rivals, Gardner Webb,
2: right? sure. <laughs> if you're a UCF fan and you 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 look at those two options, you go like, why wouldn't they want to play us? It's a much better matchup. It's kind of marquee. Um, but the the fact is, and I know I have the support of at least I know Eric on this point is. That Georgia Tech wants to win games as, as everybody does. And so, if they had to pick one, uh, I think they would take the one against the FCS team that hasn't had a winning record since 2013 over the team that has had uh, two undefeated regular seasons in the, the past two years and might beat them in their own backyard. Uh, I think they would, so yeah, I think they would, they would uh, not do that, not uh, try to fiddle with that risk. And go with the safe bet, and Gardner Webb, and thus putting the uh, putting the uh, UCF Georgia Tech game once again uh, putting it underground.
1: Uh, boy. We've had North Car- we had a North Carolina game canceled because of a hurricane. We had a Georgia Tech game canceled because of a hurricane. Now we're gonna have them both canceled again because of a pandemic. It's, Doesn't it's this storm just- star- could
0: could although could this storm technically count too, since it's coincidental? We got a storm that might be coming our way.
1: Can we, no, can we give it- oh, them a storm is not hitting us when the game <laughs> is scheduled, Eric. I I know that you like to get on weather guys' cases for getting forecasts wrong, but no, um, this but is not I'm, an acceptable I, answer in this case. I'm just saying, I mean, I know Murph and I are on this different
0: page on this because Murph doesn't believe in in superstitious or karma stuff, whereas I'm like Ileana Lamont. What are the odds that we lose a Carolina game now back-to-back to a hurricane and a pandemic? Like, I'm frightened. I don't even want them to schedule down the road because I don't know plague, what could come up. A of
1: locusts. Right, right. <laughs> I mean.
0: Aliens will show up to cause the next, prom- I mean, postponement of the future game. I mean, I don't know. Um, I will add one more option that uh, Murph, uh, to add to Murph's point, and I agree with Murph. By the way, Gardner-Webb is about a th- 200 miles away from Atlanta, from where they're at, in, Bo- in uh, Boiling Springs, North Carolina. It's a three-hour bus ride, so technically, you could argue that gardner Webb actually- geography makes more sense to play than UCF busing eight hours or whatever they would do. Um, but yes, if you're Jeff Collins, you take the, now the other option, and this is all assuming they even play the non-conference game. Cause I'm, I think this is a leverage move. Either they're going to play Georgia or they're not going to play anybody. That's my thought on that. But if they did play somebody, they could always buy somebody else out. If Gardner Webb turns them down, they might try to get a Georgia state if, if they had to. Uh, you never know, um, but I do agree. I think Gardner-Webb would be the front runner because if you're Gardner-Webb and Todd Stansberry, who, uh, <laughs> our old buddy, calls and says, hey, here's a check, come down here and play us September 12th, you know what Gardner-Webb's going to say? He's like, you betcha. <laughs> <laughs> We're in. <laughs> Where do we sign? <laughs> right, because, again, a three-hour bus ride. They can literally bus to the stadium to Bobby Dodd, play the game, and bus back. They don't even have to stay. If you're
1: wondering where Boiling Springs, North Carolina is, it's kind of midway between Asheville and Charlotte and just north of uh, uh, just north of Spartanburg, South Carolina. So if you're familiar with like Greenville, Spartanburg, which is not far from where I live for a couple of years, it's kind of in that sort of triangle between Greenville, Charlotte and and Asheville. So, yeah, it's not a it's not a far it's not a plane trip. It's a bus ride down eighty five.
0: Yeah, so. And so it just makes a ton of sense. So I think if if the Georgia game doesn't happen, and there's been a lot of talk about the Georgia game maybe even being the opener, which I think is what's going to happen. I think a lot of these, if they play the non-conference games, they might be on the opener before conference play. But uh, if anybody's been listening to this show now for weeks and months, we you should not be surprised by this development. I mean, we've kind of said for a while that the odds of these games, Georgia Tech, and especially the North Carolina game being played, was very minute. And yeah. uh and I don't you know it is what it is and I know there's going to be frustration and some people at UCF up frustrated, uh, fans upset but um that's the name of the they game They don't want to play
1: that. UCF. They don't. Why would they? <laughs> and if you're no if right. you're Jeff
0: if you're Jeff Collins, you're in his second year, why would you? What do you get from that? Right. Um and look, as, and here's the here's the positive I'll spin about the North Carolina loss, which everybody's going to be the most bummed out about because it's a home game. The way I would spin it if I was a UCF fan and I am, Here's the positive. Odds are the majority of you that are listening to this would not have been able to go to the game anyway. Because if they were to play this game, I don't think there would be anybody in the stands. Or if there were, it was very limited. Very limited. So you're not going to make that big money that you were going to make if it was a normal circumstances with a packed house. So to me, if you reschedule this game down the road, hopefully there's no other uh, natural disasters when you play these games. Uh, you get your money that way. It's not like you're losing money based on this. You're going to lose money anyway. So it's not like, oh, man, I would have gone to that game. Odds are the majority of the people that were going to go to that game would not have been able to go for various reasons of what we're dealing with. So um, it
1: just is what it is. I mean, it just is. It's unfortunate. 2020 sucks. What can I tell you? Georgia Tech is scheduled to go to Athens this year. Um, Florida is scheduled to go to Tallahassee this year. So just a couple notes on um, locations of that game. All right, so let me, let me ask you guys this. Eric, I'll start with you. Now, if you're, uh, if you're Mike Oresco, Commissioner of the American, what are you coming to your ADs with in terms of how you're going to run football season?
0: Well, I think the question he's, he should ask them is, all right, guys, do you want to just go conference only, or do you still want to pursue a non-conference game? And are you willing to wait to see, right? Because the the strategy is here. Do you believe that all the ACC and the SEC, let's say, they do agree to do a one non-conference game, or the Big Twelve decides to do a non-conference game, are they all going to be able to find games? You know, for you know, that's the interesting question. And what are the odds that maybe you pluck into one? I think of, and I don't know. Maybe you could look this up, Jeffrey or Murph smu plays tcu every year mm-hmm. um if i it, where is that game this year because let's say for example if that game was at tcu tcu might be more likely to keep that game uh to fill up the schedule than they would if they had to go to smu i could be that, game, that in, game
1: is at, at, at uh, smu this year well, yeah, well that game
0: that run could be scrapped so i'll use the next example texas is scheduled to host south florida if you're south <laughs> florida if you're michael kelly Uh, You want that game to get played because you're going to get a big paycheck from Texas. Mm -hmm. So that might be worth it to one of your conference members. Now, the question, but again, it all depends on what the other leagues decide to do. But unfortunately, you're not in control of this. You could either decide to see what's out there. And then the biggest question is, if you have to play teams like CU from Conference USA, is it worth it? And I think those are the conversations that the American has to, be, has to make if they don't believe that that non-conference option is worth it, then you play a conference schedule only. And really you can, and now that the question becomes, do you play eight games? Do you play 10 games? Because I think those are the magic numbers that the majority of these conferences, the power conferences, are going to end
1: up playing. Heather Dinich of uh, ESPN tweets, the Big 12 presidents, oh shoot, the tweet just went away. Uh, We're being presented with uh, four or five different uh, scheduling models. Brett McMurphy uh, reports that his sources are telling him that the Big 12's top three scheduling options are a full 12 gamer, nine Big 12 games plus one non-conference game, or nine Big 12 games only. Most unlikely option now, sources said, is the 12-game slate because other Power 5 leaves have reduced slash eliminated their non-conference conference games. Murph, I'm putting you in Mike Resco's shoes. What do you
2: do? absolutely. And you know, we've heard all along that the the the, the Group of 5 conferences were going to sit back and really wait for the Power 5 to to lay the groundwork here and they would follow in their path, right? I think Mike said something to that effect uh, in one of his thousand media interviews that he's done here in the last couple of weeks is that, you know, we got to really wait and see what the other conferences do. And so what what do we've got right now? What do we got? We have a Big Ten, that's conference only. Pac-12, is conference only. SEC, reportedly, conference only. ACC, ACC is conference plus one. And Big 12 is either that or conference only. You are We're leaning toward conference only for, you know, in general, we're leaning toward conference only across the board uh, in, in the Power Five. I think at that point, you sort of have to look at, I mean, just in terms of following the lead, I think that's the most likely scenario for, for, for the AAC. Now, the AAC, I agree with Eric's point that you want those that game against Texas, um, you know, for, for, for sake of uh, what UCF has. They have only one, con- one non-conference game left on their schedule. If you take away North Carolina and Georgia Tech, don't forget they lost the uh, FAMU game a while back when their conference shut down sports for the fall. That's only against FIU. Um, but if but if you ha if you take away that game, then you would you would start your season on the 24th and just roll through, um, I believe an eight game conference schedule, and just like just just looking at what every other conference is kind of doing and what they're sort of siding with, I think that's the most likely that's the most likely bet is we just go conference only because it seems like at least three of the five are are going in that direction, if not more. We'll see what the Big 12 does. Well, 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 here.
0: The question that again Mike Oresco has to ask, and all these ads have to figure out, is if the Power Five, if the ACC, SEC, even if they decide to play non-conference, shut you out, which is a possibility. Let's let's just call it for what it is. It wouldn't shock anybody if the American and the rest of the leagues are shut out from these big leagues. If that's what it, it happens, um, is a UCF home game against FIU worth anything? Is it? Mm-hmm. Does it? Can you get some revenue, i.e. television, i.e. do you have some limited, you know, fan participation, maybe sponsorship? What is it worth? Is it worth playing that FIU game or adding an FAU hypothetically or somebody like that? Or uh, if you think you can build up a marquee game, is is there a reason to make some money out of it, right? That's the question. And I don't have the answer to that, so I'm not going to say, no, they shouldn't do it, or yes, they should play the FIU game, because I don't know the answer to that question. Only Danny White, the American Conference, and probably that four-letter network know the answer to that is, is there money to be made by a UCF or a USF or a Houston playing a non-conference game, even if it's not necessarily a big-time program?
1: Hmm. I know that in terms of logistics, when you look at the American as a whole, UConn's gone, so there's 11 schools. So that works out very nicely in playing a 10-game schedule, right? But um, – and by the – oh, by the way, if you're a UConn, man, oh. Good luck. These independ- good luck, because these independent schools, they are going to have nothing. Nothing. With, with Notre Dame j- jumping ship on them and basically joining the ACC for a year. Right. <laughs> UMass, well- UConn, forget it. Well,
0: no, and here's the thing. There's rumors that BYU might be working on a similar deal. And again, by the way, I want to make a preference. We are recording this on Wednesday night. Yes. Uh, so things may change. At 10, change p.m.
1: Eastern yep. time. Things yes. might be changed right so, now for all we so, know.
0: So please don't tweet at Murph saying, what are you guys talking about? Did you not just see what happened? No, we may not. We were recording, okay? I'm sorry. Um, Murph has a life, and we have to work around his schedule. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> But... Um, you know, I've heard where BYU is in talks about maybe having a similar deal with Notre Dame has with the ACC with the Mountain West just to fill up games that they've lost. Wow. Uh, so that, everybody's making moves, and yeah, nobody's going to add UConn right away. Uh, So they could be, uh, they could be finito. (laughs) They might be done for, right? You know, hey, maybe they could start the Big East up again. Who knows? Uh, Deal with UMass, right? (laughs) Right. So it's just such an interesting situation with all these programs and trying to find survival in a lot of ways. So I I think that's what it comes down to. Real quick, you mentioned the conference schedule. You're right. I think what would happen if the American decides to go conference only, there are two options they can do. They can keep it, what is it, eight conference games that we currently play? Is that right? Yep. Yep. So they could keep it the way it is, just adjust the dates. Or if you go to 10, you're basically adding the two teams that you weren't scheduled to play. So for UCF, for example, that would mean that SMU and Navy would get added to the schedule, which all of a sudden makes that UCF schedule a lot harder.
1: Right, but... At the same time, it also evens out everybody's schedule, too. Oh, I agree. I agree. Because everyone saying, plays everybody. So, you can make, yes, you can it, does, make- it does make it that much harder for UCF, but by the same token, makes someone else's schedule easier. So Sure. And, um, one of them,
0: and one of them would have to be a home game. One would be a road game, which they would have to figure out.
1: Yeah. In that case, by the way, it makes Navy schedule harder and SMU schedule harder. So, all right, listen, we'll take a quick break and then we're going to speculate recklessly, which is Murph's favorite game. All right. Stick around. I'll be right back.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.
1: Welcome back. Jeff Sharon, Eric Lopez, Brian Murphy with you here on the Black and Gold Banneret Podcast. Follow us at UCF underscore Banneret on Twitter, Facebook.com slash black and gold banneret, and of course black and We are SB Nation's home for your UCF nights. We got a lot more things to talk about also on the site this uh, week, including our debut of a new daily link. We call we call them link dumps, but I don't like calling them that. We're calling it the newsletter. Newsletter with a K by Jeremy Brenner. Every day, he's going to find a few links from around the world of sports, UCF adjacent, and otherwise. That'll be uh, that should be of interest to you. And make sure you uh, you can make sure you uh, log on to that and take a look at it every day. We'll have a little something for you uh, every day on that. Of course, uh, we have our uh, latest uh, interview podcast with Michelle Akers, which was phenomenal that we did earlier this week. Uh, We have our UCF 250 that's continuing with our head coaches. Brian's got some baseball news about adding uh, baseball, adding Kenny Serwa, a 2020 All-American to the roster. Hopefully we have baseball this spring. That would be nice. Uh, Lots lots to talk about. All right. So now back to what we were talking about with the conferences. All right. I'm going to let's engage in Brian Murphy's favorite game of speculating.
2: Yeah.
1: Let me (laughs) let me
2: go get the whiskey.
1: Go get it. Go get it. All right. Um, <laughs> you don't have it at your site already. I thought you always That's did. Right in front
2: of me, Tim. Uh, I'm looking right at it. I never leave my site.
1: I was ne- going to say, yeah. You don't have to. You, you don't have to. You don't have to go he anywhere. We're
0: saving it for our special for the uh, whenever they
1: announce the fall, the fate of fall sports championships. But, Let, let's. Um, so. So it looks like right now, these the Power Five leagues are aiming for, a t- basically ten game all aside from the ACC which we just talked about 10 game conference only schedules gentlemen is this a test run for a potential fourth division split off from the NCAA with the power five conferences where you have uh where they just play in their own regions and um and then at the end they'll have a they'll have a you know I don't know eight Eight or ten team mega playoff, uh, and they will just leave the non A five conferences in the dust. Is this is this turning out to be a trial run for that?
2: I mean, I feel like you should go first since I know you have very ardent opinions on what you just said. Well, did you, go
1: ahead, you want me to answer my own question first? Is that
2: <laughs> Eric? I think we're getting ahead. Is that not the reason why we're talking about it?
1: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, see, you like, to play, the, saying, you you like to
2: play the. You like
0: to play that conspiracy theory there. I don't I'm think. Thin foil hat on, baby. Let's go. I don't, I don't foil. really think the Power Five designed to bring this pandemic. Saying, "Hey, of this is the greatest not. opportunity to break it. We can use this to our leverage."
1: I don't of, think. Of, of course not, Eric. But oh. you know how guys think you're thinking oh we have we can try I some honest, new- no you yeah, know what, hey, I,
0: what I, I i i did i actually don't i think this is more about just survival i think this is more about how do we get some of our money back i don't know now it could work out where hey later on it's like whoa hey maybe we should do this more often right like hey that's not a bad idea you know mm-hmm. it's kind of you know type of thing it's kind of like hey but i don't think that's on the front burner see I think the right now on the front burner is, all right, how do we survive? <laughs> how do we get games in? What do we have to do? And how do we then- provide
1: our inventory to ESPN and CBS? Right. How do, we,
0: how do we avoid losing billions of dollars? Uh, that's, I think, what's on the forefront of this. And look, there's no guarantee this is going to work. We still don't know if they're going to I mean we could talk about this and it's fun to speculate but I will sound like Murph I'm because I'm this would have been Murph's I feel like this would have been Brian's answer to this it's this may not even they may not even get to play these games we don't know so right. i if they don't play then they didn't really accomplish anything outside of this i do think what we said earlier in the show i think the Notre Dame ACC relationship is significant because if if you would have told a Notre Dame fan or somebody like Five years ago, ten years ago, hey, Notre Dame's going to be playing in the ACC conference in 2020. They would have said you're crazy, and I do think the fact that they have worked out a business relationship there, and if you're Notre Dame, you're going to try this out, and you're going to, and if you like it, and if your players like it, and if the recruits like it, because you're playing for conference championships, and all of a sudden it's not just boom or bust on the playoff, I could see Notre Dame saying, you know what, it's time, it's time that we join this conference so I do think that part that part I do agree with you could be a part of it but the, the other stuff I think is more on the back burner doesn't mean it won't happen because I kind of agree with you I think we're headed for that but I don't think that is the driving force behind this I don't I don't I'm not that as much as a conspiracy guy as I am and I love conspiracies <laughs> I'm not going to go that far because I think the separation is going to happen naturally by some of these schools that won't be able to have a football program within the next couple of
1: years Way to talk me off the ledge, there, Eric. Um, Murph, I think I know what you're going to
2: say. <laughs> what? What was it? I wasn't listening. Yeah. <laughs> happening?
0: <what>
2: <laughs> no, I,
1: I, I Eric, I, I, yeah, you've, you've convinced me. Yeah, they're just trying to get through this year. And I think everyone right now is just trying to figure out what what can keep us afloat. So that we can hopefully get to the fall of 2021, and hopefully have things back right. to some semblance of normal, have fans back in the stands, get back to what we're doing. I do know this: there's a, there are a lot of force majeure clauses that are going to be exercised over the next. Uh,
0: right. The I'm, next I'm glad you weeks. bring that up. By the way, for those that are like, "Hey, we should sue them save your," it's not going to happen. Right? You can't do that. No. Every contract has ways where, hey, if things unforeseen happen or a conference thing happens, like there's no case. So, no, UCF's not going to sue North Carolina. They're not going to sue Georgia Tech. It's not in their best interest to sue. Everybody's in this bad situation. Everybody understands why this is happening, whether you like Everybody it or not. Everybody
1: on Twitter thinks they're a lawyer. I got news for you, right. you're not. The only lawyer on t- Twitter I trust is Jim Hathaway. But anyway,
2: go ahead. Wow. I don't know. I don't know, Jeff. I think everybody on Twitter thinks they're a doctor before they think they're a lawyer. Maybe well, they, they think got they're dumb- that.
1: They think they're that, too. So, yeah, oh, there
2: you go. There you go.
0: So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, look, it, it, it is what it is. We're going to have to see how this plays out. But we're for again, we're forgetting the most important thing is, are they even going to be able to play? Because what they're doing is they're trying to stall as much as possible. But I don't think any of these people really know if they're going to be able to get all these games in. And that's the other reason why they're doing—they're trying to have it where the conference are in control so they can have flexibility in scheduling. It's hard to do that when you have non-conference schedules. And I think that's why uh, you've seen, I think you see a lot of these non-conference games being eliminated.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. It's, man, I, I it what a time to see how these conferences really behave in the presence of one another Uh, and and you know like we talked about earlier with 40s column you know with the acc making this move man john swafford's retiring this year what a way to go out well
0: yeah i mean if he to pull off to pull this off get some extra revenue get notre dame to buy in and if he somehow this means long-term notre dame is a full-time member i mean that's huge because notre dame helps the acc brand in football and by and it's a good partnership, and I think that's that's you know clutch to them. Nobody has asked this question because, for example, West Virginia's in the big twelve. It's funny, like we talk about how are they going to travel and play all these big twelve teams uh, so yeah. I hope to you know you bring up what this could mean. I would not mind if we saw some of these conferences reevaluate some of their members. like I would like to see not only Notre Dame join the ACC, but imagine if the ACC goes to the big twelve and says. Or the SEC goes to the Big 12 and says, "Look, West Virginia makes no sense for your geography. We'll take them. You to take Missouri. Take Missouri back. We'll get West. <laughs> like, wouldn't how cool would it be if we did conference trades?
1: Oh you go gonna off. throw in it, throw in an extra draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. Or I would say, or, I, would say West, I would say West Virginia more likely in the in the ace in an expanded ACC because of their relationship with all right, how, about how About this. About this one,
0: we'll, we'll do like kind of what some of the TV uh, rights holders have been doing." With some of their sports packages, the Big Twelve goes to West Virginia and says, "Hey, uh, ACC's on the line. Feel free to talk to them. We'll look the other way if you decide to leave. No hard feelings." West Virginia goes <laughs> ACC. Big Twelve opens up a spot for an American Conference member. Probably,
1: uh, probably, probably not Texas. <laughs> probably not at a Texas school. I'm thinking <laughs>
0: whoever. Hell, yeah. get the bitch but,
1: going. See? I- I knew we would would end with Eric delving into conspiracy theories. All right, I I wanted to – before we go, I wanted to talk about their fall Olympic sports schedule because they actually did release this. I don't think the other conferences have released anything on the Olympic sports. Is that right, Eric?
0: Yes, that's uh, at least not as specific
1: as what the ACC did. Okay, so let's go over this. This is the fall Olympic sports only. Fall Olympic sports competition may begin Thursday, September 10th. This is from the ACC. Okay. Team sports will play a conference schedule that meets the NCAA minimum number of games. Field hockey, 6. Women's soccer, 6. Men's soccer, 6. And volleyball, 10. Schools will continue to schedule regular season cross-country competitions. That's the cross-country sport at their own discretion. Uh, Any additional games against conference opponents or non-conference opponents are at the respective schools' discretion, and all opponents must meet the ACC's medical standards, and the ACC link to their medical standards page also here on this um, page, which we'll include in uh, the description of the podcast. Any additional games against conference opponents that are beyond the conference-mandated schedules would not count in the ACC standings. Um, they're, they're holding the uh, championships in uh, ACC home venues predetermined. Uh, in North Carolina, for example, Duke is hosting the Field Hockey Championship. Women's soccer will be in Cary, North Carolina, as will men's soccer. Uh, and there will be two days of competition, semifinal and final. Um, television selection made at a later date. This does not affect the winter sports, although uh, they did mention that uh, competition in some of the winter uh, uh, Olympic sports that start early, like swimming and diving, Uh, fencing and everything. They're postponed until at least September 10th. Uh, Fall competition in golf, tennis, rowing, lacrosse, softball, and baseball has been canceled. Golf and tennis continue to be eligible, and teams in all sports may continue to practice at their institution's discretion. Interesting. So So let's spin this as a potential launching point for the Americans' Olympic sports. Six women's soccer games, six men's soccer games, ten volleyball matches all-in conference, Um, you could kind of sense a little bit of, like, if you want to schedule outside of that, you can, but we, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You don't have to if you don't want to. Um, Do you foresee, Eric, something similar to this happening with the Olympic sports in the American? Well, the question, the first question that has to be asked,
0: this all could be moot if the NCAA decides by August 4th Hey, we're not going to host a championship, so but have fun. <laughs> True, because at, at that point, well, you would see you the ins-
1: I, I could see the ACC even if that does happen. You know, still hosting, still because soccer is such a big sport in the ACC, and they have such big soccer programs, for example. I could see them, you know, playing playing an abbreviated soccer season.
0: But here's mm-hmm. okay, so this is where I would counter with that: if there are no NCAA championships. What's the point of playing six soccer games at that point, or ten volleyball matches for an ACC championship? Whoopie do, great. So, if I'm a coach, would you rather do that? Would you rather play a six to ten game schedule with no NCAA championships to play for, or do you do what Arizona State swimming did and diving did, and say, you know what, we're going to redshirt this year because I rather have our kids play a full year. With a championship in the fall of 21. I'll spend this to UCF. If you're Todd Dagenet, Jeff, and you're given the option, okay, you could play an abbreviated 10 match, 10 matches in volleyball. All right. And you could play it, but there's no NCAA championships. Or I redshirt everybody, save some money, you come back in the fall of 21 and you play a full slate. And you get you keep your best players an extra year.
1: Hmm. You know, I'm thinking about that. Well, Murph, while Jeff thinks, what's I'm your try, thoughts I'm on that? Go ahead, Murph. I'm thinking about.
2: I, it. I think from the player standpoint too. It's it's sort of a question of if I can be guaranteed that if I opt out, you know, it's sort of the the, the invoked term. But if I opt out and redshirt for this year, can I keep my that year of eligibility and come back when we might right. have a regular season instead of spending this year? wasting a year of my eligibility on 10 games or six if you're in in soccer i mean it's uh it might be a chance we're taking if you are given those guarantees um but yeah it's certainly something that both the coaches and the players should think about because what's the incentive? what's the incentive besides the love of the game and wanting to play and, and competition and all that stuff I, it's great but what are, what are we playing for it's just sort of weird it's very little competition um if you can get some sort of backing that you would you would have the year back, uh, and you'd still remain in good standing with the with the team, um, yeah, it would certainly be a conversation for both players and coaches.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah I agree. I, I think if I was in the position of an a Olymp- fall Olympic sports coach, and the American did the same exact thing, I would say, look, if, if if there were a guarantee that I'd be able to retain my year of eligibility, and thus retain my ability to you know, pay for my scholarship in particular, mm-hmm. um, especially if I'm an out-of-state student too, if I'm paying full freight. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I, I, you know, I, I'm going to, and in that case, if I'm Todd Dash, I'd be like, look, yeah, we should, I don't think we should play, you know, in that case. Um,
0: but I, I think those are, and
2: Murph brings what up would the be, point. What
1: would, be, you- what would be the case where you do play, though, where you could see a coach saying, yeah, I'll play that.
2: Love of the well, love of the game, love of the game, right? The thrill of competition.
0: Well, or if Murph, as you mentioned, maybe they they're not given that option. That hey, you know, we're we're not going to re- we're not, you're not going to accept our red shirt for whatever right. reason.
2: Or, uh, or,
0: that-
1: or actually, or if what about this? What if you're one of those schools that can't afford to pay those scholarships an extra year? Mm-hmm. Sure, that could be decided. That's one of. Right there, you know, Ivy that's, League, that's a
0: Ivy League, right? That's the Ivy League Ivy, written Or, over
1: that, or like your lower level, your lower level G5s, your sun belts. who knows, maybe some schools in the American. The um, the
2: American, the American could, I believe they have power to basically leave that up to the individual, the individual institutions, could they not? Right,
1: right.
0: Oh, and that's what exactly so what if they're going to do. That's what they're going to do. Yeah.
1: So if you're Temple, you know, you might come to a different conclusion than, say, UCF would.
0: Absolutely. You're right. That's 100% correct. I mean, that's – unfortunately, I've said this. Even if these fall sports happen, either in the fall or the spring, I don't think every fall sport's going to play for various reasons. Um, And you just brought up a few of them. The bigger issue I have – and I'm going to go ahead, Jeff, if I can, borrow your panic button. Because (laughs) if I'm a a fall sport player coach, I'm pressing the panic button right now because I don't like where this is headed because – Mark Emmer on Friday said, and I'm going to paraphrase the quote, but he basically said, and if you find the exact quote, feel free to read it, uh, but he talked about basically the NCAA championships. The format has to change if we're going to do this uh, safe and matter. And he even mentioned the fact, threw it out there, like, hey, if there's no championships, that doesn't mean you guys can't play a season. You could play uh, for conference championships, like what you just brought up. What that tells me, and I'm reading into this, it sounds like either we're going to have an NCAA fall championships this fall, or we're not going to have it. Period. Like they're not mm-hmm. going to move it to the spring. And they, and and Mark Emmerich in that in that statement talked about the 22 championships that they host in the fall, and we're talking D1, D2, D3, and all these sports. I don't, you know, because we've talked about, hey, what about moving the fall sports to the spring? Well, what if there's no championships in the spring? That's a pro. I, I, that's the part that I don't. I'm not optimistic. That we're going to have an NCAA tournament in fall sports in the spring, uh, if they cancel it in the fall. I think this is just similar, eerily similar to the spring. Because remember, we had this argument: why not move it to the summer for the spring? Why can't they play it? Well, they made that quick decision. I feel like we're headed in that direction again.
1: Yeah. The dominoes are gonna fall. It's just it's it's slow motion dominoes. It's literally small slow motion dominoes right now. Where we're seeing them fall, <laughs> and uh, you know I, I I guess the the other thing I would look at is you know with these with the fall sports is say they do cancel the NCAA tournament. I mean the overwhelming percentage of you know teams out there um, have no realistic chance of making the NCAA tournament in those given sports. Let's say soccer and volleyball. So in that case, you know what what are they really playing for? Well, they are playing for a conference championship. So you know, yeah, but that's I mean, not no, but
0: that's not how players and coaches look at it. Just cuz you're in a small conference. Well,
1: is is you, are, you, are, you, are you saying that for, are you saying that from UCF's perspective? Like what if you're in the Great Midwest Conference? The Division 2 you're talking about? No, no, I well, I just pulled that one out of my out of my <laughs> I mean, it's head, like, well, that's I'm doing. just saying what if you're in the Big Sky? Right? You're you're playing for the automatic big to win the conference and play in the
0: NCAA Tournament. That's what you're playing for. But you're not but you have no realistic chance of winning a national title. So you tell you tell them that. I mean, yeah, you know, you know that, that that that's not what their mindset is. That's not how the athletes think about it. They're thinking like, man, I get to play in the NCAA tournament. I get to play Duke, or I get to play North Carolina, or I get to play that. They're not thinking about it. Ah, doesn't matter. We had no shot. They're, that's not how they're thinking about it.
1: For a lot uh, the of them, coaches thinking about it that way though.
0: Yeah, they're thinking about it because they need it for their resume. It'd be great to make the NCAA tournament and add that to your resume so you could get paid as a coach and maybe move up to another job. I mean, we brought this example up. I brought this up with Murph a couple weeks ago. Think about if this baseball season would have continued. How great and big that would have been for Greg Lovelady to have a second NCAA tournament appearance in four years. Instead, we have this like, what if? type of scenario so I do think that matters to coaches from a resume do you not agree with that Murph
2: no no, absolutely I I do agree with that no I absolutely agree with that Mm -hmm.
0: I do think there's value in that I don't I think you're underselling the importance of these championships that's why they play yes you want to win a conference championship but you also the reason you want to win a conference championship you also want to play in the NCAA tournament and then in, in cases like UCF You're trying to be a a legacy team here. You've been to the NCAA. You've been to the second round. You want to break through. You maybe have the best player in the history of your program on right now playing, and you don't want to waste those games. That's why I go back to what are the options they have, because you don't want to waste a McKenna-Melville year in just 10 volleyball matches. Or if you're Tiffany, you have a great young goalie in Caroline Delisle. You don't want to use waste her on six games and think two years from now, man, I really wish I would have had her for another year. You know, yeah. same thing for Coach Calabrese. This is across the board. Uh, that's why I think Murph made a great point: is if you're those coaches, you need to. I mean, they're going to, and they're obviously going to have the players back, but you have to know all the specifics. Are, are we going to have an NCAA championship? I think it starts there. Do we have an NCAA championship this fall? Because that will be a, a rippling effect on what your decision is. If there is, then you probably will play the shortened season because there's no guarantees in the spring or next fall either. So, but if there's not an NCAA championship, then I think a lot of people have a lot of things to think about.
1: Of course, the NCAA could do us all a favor and make a ruling on August the 4th, which we'll be waiting for. Well, and and, the other thing is and possibly be... moot the whole thing. That's next Tuesday, by the way. And by so the before way, for our be... next regular podcast.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. and the other interesting thing is if they move forward with an NCAA championship, because this has also been discussed, we might have predetermined sites instead of teams hosting to try to kind of go through this. I think you're going to see a completely different format in the NCAA tournament that we've seen recently, and I don't know if it's good or not. But that's one of the things I'm looking forward to seeing if they they move forward with the NCAA championships is what is that format and what is the criteria to get in? Do they shrink the tournament? Do they change the – I mean, that's there's going to be a lot of interesting questions uh, that coaches and players want to know here in, in, in the immediate
1: future. Mm. All right. Well, we'll be following that. We'll be following also what, uh, what football does. Who knows? It could be a big news day uh, by the time you're listening to this. So make sure you follow – us on twitter ucf underscore Banneret. also follow brian at spokes underscore murphy eric at eric lopez elo and myself at jeff underscore sharon uh, also follow us at facebook.com slash black and gold Banneret, and of course black and gold for all the latest on whether or not we're going to have any fall sports at all uh if, if sports at all are going to be a thing in the next six months or if we're all going to have to find something else to do with our time um Speaking of which, gentlemen, not to be too fatalistic about it, but uh, what is what? What do we got coming up uh, this week, Eric? I know you got we've got your uh, top forty co- head coaches of all time coming up, right? We're heading into the thirties, is that correct, or the forties? Uh, I should say. Uh,
0: we got we released forty to thirty-one, so we'll move on into the thirty to twenty-one range as our staff kind of figures out some of those rankings. So that will be coming out as well as uh, we prepare. But let's also promote the fact, Jeffrey. Our exclusive, our interview with Michelle Akers. Yes. Uh, extensive interview uh, on our Black Eagle Banner podcast. We encourage you to check that out. An hour and a half, basically, with Michelle Akers, where we ad- go in-depth on her UCF career, uh, her U.S. soccer career, on Coach Sahadak. very in-depth interview that you won't hear anywhere else as far as Michelle Akers talking about as in-depth about her UCF career and her career in general than we just did with her on her recent episode of the Black and Go Banneret podcast. I encourage everybody to check that out.
1: Murph, what do you got coming up this week?
2: I don't know, Jeffrey. <laughs> I don't know. I will say I just found well, out that called, Bo Taylor is... Scheduling no... thing. Right. Well, there's <laughs> always that. I mean, we're going to have something by Tuesday. Well, you we should have something by Tuesday, although I guess... I saw there was even a whisper that they could kick the can down the road even past Tuesday. So oh. who knows. By the way, like did you well, just were you, were you about to break
0: tra- some Murph bomb here on Bo Taylor?
2: No, I mean, it's not a Murph bomb. It's just a transaction. Uh, oh. by the way, everybody should realize that while, while all this is going on with like, you know, what 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 are the comments going to do? What is the schedule going to look like? Like we're less than a, we're we're about a week away, a little more than a week away from UCF opening up padded practices training camp like that's how close we are to this supposedly (laughs) yes well as of right now yeah uh but uh we'll see what happens uh tomorrow and we'll see if we make it through the weekend uh, alive and then we'll come back on on wednesday and and discuss i will say i just saw that bo taylor is now back on the indians he's actually on the indians active roster now because because uh, their, their starting catcher in Cleveland uh, has a strained shoulder. So they need a new backup. So Bo Taylor, who's been on the Indians taxi squad, the three-man taxi squad, he's, now been, he's been called up. So now we, you have all four, current, all four UCF alums who are, who are among the 60-man player pools of their respective teams. All four of them are currently in the big leagues, Drew Bucera, is backing up in Colorado. I think he, had, I think he played in one game. Yeah, he uh, hit three, he went, I think he's hitting three thirty three. He might have gotten – yeah, he might have had a hit in there that one game he played in. Uh, Dan Winkler has, <laughs> has pitched one-third of an inning, gave up a run. Uh, you can do the math on what his ERA is. It's not great, but he's only pitched <laughs> one-third of an inning. Uh, Bo Taylor got the start tonight for the Indians. I think he went over 3 with a strikeout. And Dylan Moore, uh, I, I believe, only got into his first game yesterday, which would be Tuesday. And he's actually starting again tonight against the Angels. I just saw him get picked off at of first base. Um, but, but, what? but he is. So but it's he Not is. great news on the UCF baseball. I mean, guys no, are playing. No, but it's a rough start. I start. I start. I start small and I grow from there. Wait, that's out of context. <laughs> the, 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 the 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 Dylan Moore last night, his first game of the year, he went two for four with a double, and then he let off with a he uh, had a single. And his first at bat tonight against the Angels, the only hit of the, uh, I believe, the only hit for the Mariners so far. So, hey, you know, Dylan Moore, three for five on the year.
1: Dylan, Dylan Moore, everybody. All right. So that, by the way, cre- by credit, by way, credit you, to you, Mur- in The Majors update uh, brought to you by Brian Murphy. Thank you. Right. Uh,
0: credit, credit to you because you said, you've been saying on multiple episodes here that being the catcher could pay off because of the situation that we're in. Where catchers are valuable, that you use up
2: a lot of catchers during the season, and I think Bo's benefiting from that now as a result. Well, you have to have at least one. You have to have one catcher on your three-man taxi squad. So, uh, and for a team like the Indians that was only carrying three three catchers anyway among their sixty-player sixty-man player pool, uh, Bo was just one injury away from playing time, and sure enough, the injury came. And you know, with a shoulder strain, he he could probably be on the active thirty-man uh, or it's going to become it's going to become a twenty-eight-man roster soon, but he could probably be on the active roster for a couple of weeks.
0: All right, now, there you it. go. So now, two other UCF baseball notes, real quick. You wrote about this, Murph, on the UCF baseball adding an All American arm, and then over in our our good friend Ben Lively, maybe his best start in his Korean uh, KBO career, which you got to see on uh, this past Saturday.
2: Yeah, because I, 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 you know, I, I didn't. I, I wrestled with myself over whether or not I should continue to wake up uh, before dawn to watch Ben Lively <laughs> in Korea. Now that actual like Major League Baseball is back, but I, I I like it too much and I'm still doing it. And Ben Lively did reward my uh, my early morning rise uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, he pitched fantastic uh, in a game in which he uh, uh, struck out I believe eight over six innings. Um, just showed really good command of all his pitches. He's actually looked really. He actually he's actually looked really well, uh, pretty good. Since coming back from his uh from his rib his rib muscle rupture, which was scary, but uh, no, he pitched well a couple of days ago, and then yeah, as you mentioned, Eric, uh, UCF baseball added Kenny Surawa, who pitched the last few years at Southern Illinois University of Edwardsville, uh, is in that the Oakley. Say that again. Is that, is that the Salukis? No, no, this is Southern Illinois of Edwardsville. Oh, this is this is a this is not Southern Illinois.
1: I was uh, it's percentage. it's like it's really? like an off
2: yeah, yeah. but he's uh, it, it was in, it's in the OV, in the Ohio Valley Conference uh, two years ago in well 2019 I should say 2019 uh, he pitched only seven games he started only seven games due to an injury still he was good enough to make the uh, second team all conference but really 2020 is where he stood out 2020 in just 27 innings he struck out 42 batters and walked four guys uh, had an ERA of 1.33. Uh D1 baseball ranked him among the top 20 junior pitchers in all of baseball. Uh he's uh, he's among the, uh, according to D1 baseball again, he's among one of the top 150 pitchers in the nation and uh, even though he's a he's a redshirt junior, he'll be a grad transfer immediately eligible for UCF uh and will likely try to slot in as one of the rotation options. We have Colton Gordon returning, but certainly with Trevor Holloway signing as a free agent to, in the draft and Joe Sheridan transferring to another day, there is space available in that rotation. So you've got Colton Gordon, uh, Hunter Patterson, the, the now sophomore who started a handful of games this past season, but then also A.J. Jones, uh, the trans- another grad transfer that UCF brought in back in May. Sir will uh, join, join him as well. And then a couple of maybe long men uh, out of the bullpen who transitioned to the rotation, Zach Hunsaker, and I've heard even Jack Sinclair. Uh, Jack Sinclair was their eighth-inning guy last year, Totally dominant in front of Jeffrey Higginson. really got over overshadowed a little bit because Higginson was just so uh, magnificent that people kind of lost track of how good Sinclair was. But I've heard that they might try to stretch him out and put him in the rotation if, you know, if he if he works there. I would think they would love to keep him in maybe the, the back end of the bullpen and give themselves some security in the ninth inning. But uh, at least it gives UCF now, I'd say, five or six rotation options uh, in a position where they were lacking a couple months ago. Okay. By the way,
1: uh, because I can't get enough of uh, Southern, Southern uh, Illinois University Edwardsville, uh, either of you guys care to uh, guess who the most famous, arguably the most famous alumnus of uh, SIU Edwardsville is? He's a pro wrestler.
2: Oh. Wait, wait. are you going to tell me his like pro wrestler name or his actual name? Uh, well, both. Uh, uh, I don't know. Seth Rollins from Iowa. So I don't know. Eric?
0: I'm um, not sure on top of my head. Uh, big show.
1: For... Paul White. Oh, the big wow. show. Yes. Oh, went, to, really? went to SIU Edwardsville. That's right. So That's a Eric? Netflix TV show now. Here's uh, here's two big things for UCF's new pictures. Uh, oh, yeah. All, right. all wrap, right. it let's, up. wrap it up. Yeah, wrap let's it. get out of here. Let's get out of here before this gets out of hand. Uh for, for all of us here at Black and Gold Banneret, thank you so much for listening again. UCF underscore banneret on, on Twitter, Facebook.com slash black and gold banneret, and of course, black and gold banneret.com. Thanks once again to listening. Thanks again to our staffers who've been just doing an amazing job. Uh, thanks to Danny Medina. Uh thanks uh as always to Jeremy Brenner for putting together the uh the uh the uh, uh notebook that we've been putting together uh the, every day. He's the, just been The
2: newsletter, Jeffrey, you newsletter. newsletter. See,
1: see This is why Jeremy is better at branding than me because he can actually remember the daggum uh branding. Of course, uh thanks again also to uh Drew Glukov and um, and Luke Saris who's been who's been hanging around and and uh, and providing, we've been providing him some information, and he's been providing us some information. It's been great, uh, and uh, yeah, it's just been it, it's been, I'll tell you, a wild spring, a wild summer. But I'm so thankful to uh, all of you guys for um, for sticking through it and come and being creative and following things um, as professionally as we have it. I'm thankful to the fans too for just bearing with us and uh it's been great don't forget to listen to our interview with michelle acres that was uh uh just that just came out earlier this week great interview you don't want to miss it uh as well as uh make sure you subscribe to our podcast wherever fine podcasts are downloaded for free for eric lopez and brian murphy i'm jeff sharon this has been the black and gold banner podcast we will catch you later on in the week